And they'll run it with jet sweep action here, and they'll get the touchdown as Kyrick McGowan puts it in the end zone. And boy, is that a huge touchdown drive. State on our air later on tonight on ESPN and ABC, respectively. Back to the offense. Spencer Petrus off play action. He'll throw one over the middle, and that's intercepted. Petrus is picked by Brandon Joseph. A takeaway for Northwestern. In formation. Spivak at fullback. Here's Brown at the goal line. Reaches it across, and that is a Northwestern touchdown. The Wildcats a point after away from taking the lead as they have come all the way back from 17 nothing down. Four-man rush. Petrus. That's intercepted. Another one for Brandon Joseph. Off the fingertips of Laporta. Big Ten kicker of the year last season. Hoping to get a chance. Petrus. Tips ball intercepted. Right to Black Gallagher. He will take a knee. And it'll be victory formation for Northwestern. It's an outstanding win for Northwestern. Two early turnovers by Northwestern gave Iowa two quick touchdowns. And the Cats found themselves down by three scores. It was 17-0. And they found a way to come from behind and get the job done. Whoo! Survived in Iowa City on Halloween. A 21-20 win. Those highlights courtesy of ESPN, Bob Wasujan and Dan Orlovsky on the call of Northwestern's come from behind win. The Cats are 2-0, able to squeak it out and pull it out. Oh, man, that was just the complete opposite of what we saw week one to start in that first quarter with Northwestern going down 17-0, two turnovers. That was a big thing for them, two turnovers. That led to 14 Iowa points, a muff punt by Kyrick McGowan, and then that fumble by Isaiah Bowser when he took the direct snap in the backfield led to 14 points for Iowa right off the rip. And they were able to add a field goal down 17 to nothing. Northwestern able to come back, but welcome into episode 10 of the Views from Section 107 podcast. We have hit double digits. Appreciate everybody listening and supporting. I'm Jack Heinrich. Follow me on Twitter at Jack Heinrich22. But Northwestern gets out of Iowa City on Halloween with a 21-20 win. The Cats are now 2-0 in the West. They joined Purdue, who was able to defeat Illinois as the two teams in the West to be undefeated. <laughs> you got to take them how you can. Getting down 17-0 on the road at Kinnick. Granted, there wasn't a sold-out crowd. And Fitz said after the game he never wants to go back there without fans, even though those fans aren't really the biggest fans of Fitz. But... Big time win on the road, even even with no fans in the stands or limited fans in the stands. You could hear some of the Northwestern fans in that highlight. A big time win. You can't go down 17 to nothing on the road, but Northwestern was able to battle, find a way, and they get back, mainly because of the run game. They ran a ball 60 times. The win was a big factor on Saturday in Iowa City. It was gusting the whole game. Really high going towards the one side of the end zone. When you're watching on TV from left to right, the right to left was the one where they were throwing more. But Northwestern was able to weather the storm and have, when they had the ball on that side, and they're able to hold serve the rest of the game. Only holding Iowa to three points after the first quarter. Great defensive effort. I mean, funny is last year Northwestern played Iowa. They lost to Iowa 20 to nothing. This year, defense gives up 20 points again. 
But the difference, the offense scored 21. One more point, and Northwestern is 2-0, really in control of the West. So the big one this week, obviously, against Nebraska, but hopefully they aren't looking too forward as they are playing Purdue next week, November 14th. That could be a matchup of two, or that it could be a matchup of two undefeated teams, but Purdue will not be playing because of the Wisconsin COVID situation. More on that later. But Northwestern gets the job done. And it wasn't pretty, but they are the grind back into the game. 60 carries for 143 yards rushing, only two yards a carry. They really struggled in that second half. I think there was a stat they said on the broadcast that they only averaged 1.1 yard per carry at some point in that second half. Iowa's defense was really stout. Northwestern really bent it off. Three second-half interceptions, two by Brandon Joseph. He's really, really becoming a player. Led the team in tackles last week. This week gets two interceptions, and he wins co-Big Ten freshman of the week. He's looking like another one of those young guys that Northwesterners found, maybe a little bit under-recruited, but he's turning into a very, very solid player. He had four tackles as, to go along with his two interceptions. He was just everywhere, flying around, and the big shout-out to the linebackers. I mean, they kind of had a so-so performance in that first game. Chris Bergen, Patty Fisher, and Blake Gallagher all had double-digit tackles. Bergen led the way with 12, and Fisher and Gallagher had 11. And Gallagher had the game ceiling interception of Spencer Petras. So Petras really just struggled all day throwing the ball. Not very accurate for him. He threw 50 times, only 21 of 56 for one touchdown and three interceptions. He really struggled. And that's kind of what we were saying last week. He throws the ball hard and was kind of up and down in that first start for uh, Purdue. And he really struggled against Northwestern throwing the ball efficiently to say the least. And those three turnovers Northwestern was able to throw. When I was watching the game, you could just tell Northwestern was was owed a, owed a interception. You could just see it kind of coming. At least I could. I called that one before Brandon Joseph watching the game on their previous drive. I'm like, the way Petrus was missing, he was just missing some receivers really bad. I'm like, he he's due to throw one right to us. Next possession, he throws one right to Brandon Joseph. And that led to the game-winning touchdown. And then they're able to get two more takeaways. I mean, the defense really held serve in that fourth quarter, especially after a really bad Peyton Ramsey interception. And it was just really good to see the defense picking up the offense, but the offense was able to pick them up, scoring 21 points, something we didn't see a lot last year. And it was just good to see complimentary football on both sides. I mean, Ramsey just kind of a subpar game, so-so, 11 of 18. They didn't throw the ball a lot for 130 yards. He did throw an interception, really bad interception, that put Iowa in Northwestern territory, but the defense was able to hold and get a stop. And I think they were able to get Brandon Joseph's second interception right after that touchdown. So they were able to take the ball away and they really, they got to work on that four minute um, offense. They tried to run the clock out at the end of the game and <laughs> did not look too good. They kind of looked like Mick McCall, just a couple of runs. They brought the goal line set out when they were on like the 40 yard line of Iowa on the complete other side or of, of their, on their own 40 yard line, excuse me. And, there's on the complete other side of the field trying to run it and they gain one yard and I will just use all three timeouts, but Blake Gallagher is able to seal the deal. Big time win. I mean, that's a really good win. And there's a lot of people on Twitter saying that that was a really good win for Northwestern to be able to rally from 17, nothing down, even on the road with no fans. That's still a big time win. Cause you're not in your house starting off bad. And they had all the momentum and Northwestern able to slowly chip away. Getting those 14 points in the second quarter was really big. We're getting them back into the game. But Cats bouncing back, and the big word in the postgame press conference between Fitz and all the players was resiliency. 
like I said, when we got together at the end of the first quarter, I usually don't bring the squad up after the first quarter. And I think the guys thought I was just going to talk to them about the wave. And uh, it wasn't just that, you know, it was, it was more that we're going to just settle down and settle in. Let's go. This is going to be a four quarter game. You don't lose a game after one quarter games award in the fourth quarter. And obviously uh, we needed to get another first down. We'll take a look at our four minute offense. It was not very good today. The first time that we ran it, we got to look at, what we did and how we did it. Um, and then also, uh, you know, the great job that our defense did, though, in, in response. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good job responding as a team, though. You, you, you go on the road, it doesn't matter if there's one fan or no fans or, or 75,000. You spot the home team 17 points and come back to win. That's, that's a heck of a response. And you hope you keep getting better. You hope you improve. And then when you look in the rearview mirror of the season, you hope these types of one-point wins end up being – you know, reasons why you end up having a special year. I'm not ready to even come close to saying anything, but you know what I mean? I've been doing this long enough that these are the games you got to win if you want to have a special year. Like where he's talking, it was a special year for Northwestern. I mean, they've set themselves up really good in the Big Ten West, especially with everything that's gone on so far in the Big Ten. But like he said, I was kind of saying it before, four-minute offense wasn't great, but the way the team was able to bounce back, Fitz rally the troops after they did the wave to the kids in the Children's Hospital, by Iowa, a great tradition. When I went there, it's pretty cool to be a part of that, but the players were able to do that even if it's not a sold-out crowd. So it's cool to see that. But Fitz, rally the troops, you don't – I mean, I think you can lose the game in the first quarter, and Northwestern was definitely trending that way if they didn't turn around quick. But credit to the players, credit to the coaches for writing the ship fast and being able to turn it around and get a really a big-time win over Iowa, another win for Fitz over Iowa. And – after the game, there's a video circling Twitter of them getting together on the field and Fitz yelling, whose house? And they're all going to our house and going crazy. Love the little chirp in there and the rivalry. And Fitz, that's a big-time game for him against Iowa. But big-time win for Northwestern. And then this week, they announced their players of the week. Obviously, Kyrick McGowan, Jake Saunders on defense, and Derek Adams, the punter. He played pretty well, punting the ball away. But, I mean, Kyrick McGowan... Great to see him bounce back. He's always been a guy that I thought has a lot of talent, and sometimes just the production hasn't been there in his career. But he has to return punts because Riley Lees goes out with an injury, and his first punt is just one with a win howling towards him. Couldn't feel that Muffs at least the first Iowa score. But then after that, he was really the go-to man for Northwestern on offense. He was the leading Leading receiver, five catches for 63 yards, but all of his catches were big-time chain movers, third down, fourth downs, and he's become the playmaker. He also had three carries on the day for 15 yards, and he scored that first touchdown. The first touchdown to get them on the board, really huge, and it's good to see McGowan have one of those breakout games, especially with Lee's going down and having him step up just kind of been what they've been saying, and it was good to see. And then the defense, again, Three more takeaways for the defense, and they've played really well taking the ball away. Seven turnovers in two games. They had a fumble recovery against Maryland on a kickoff, but three interceptions against Talia Tungo-Vailoa, three interceptions against Spencer Petras. So they're riding high, and that's been a big key for them taking the ball away. That was the emphasis that we talked about. And there's a lot of questions with Brandon Joseph stepping in for Travis Woolock, and he's done well as a bunch of the other younger guys have his fits told us after the game. I think we've got pretty good depth back there right now. Again, I'm knocking on wood, kind of like the COVID stuff. I mean, the guy's done a good job. Um, you, you, you know, young and talented, man. That's all I'll say. They're young and they're talented. It's tough to be young and talented in the Big Ten with the receivers, the quarterbacks, the off explosive offenses that we see. Uh, we, we've just got to – they're growing up right now in front of all of us, and I'm really proud of them. We, we expect to get Greg back pretty darn soon. 
Uh, and, and it was good to have Cam back out there today. So feeling pretty, pretty solid about our depth there. Um, but we'll, that'll be challenge here as we move forward. A lot of praise for the young guys. I mean, they've played really well. Uh, Brandon Joseph, like I said, co-freshman of the week. He had a big game. He's had a great start and looking like another really good young player. I mean, Rod Hurd's been playing a lot for Greg Newsom. As you heard Fitz mention, they're hoping to get Greg back soon. He was on the depth chart again, but he was on the depth chart last week. He was in uniform. He actually got a delay of or an unsportsmanlike penalty after Blake Gallagher's interception. He came off the bench without his helmet on. Kind of funny there because it didn't really matter after the game, but he was hyped. Everyone was jacked. I mean, it's a big time win for Northwestern to come back and get that win. But a lot of great depth with Rod Hurd has been solid so far. And then Brandon Joseph's played well, obviously, with two interceptions, led the team in tackles in week one. So a lot of good young depth, which is what they're going to need. There's a lot of experience and veteran guys that they'll lose going forward. And these young guys are getting a lot of valuable experience. A.J. Hampton played pretty well as well. He's one of those backup corners he had to get in when they used a lot of receivers. He had a really good defensive segment in the second half. I think it might have been the fourth quarter where he had two, I think, back-to-back plays or one part of the series where he defended two plays very, very well. And this is a guy who struggled last year in some limited playing time at the beginning of the year. It's good to see him improve, and it's really bright for future. But Northwestern gets a big 21-20 to win over Iowa. Big-time rivalry win. The Cats are 2-0, and and they're really in the driver's seat for how they want to do or how they want to go for the rest of this season. But next up, it's another 1-0 mentality week for Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald. That's all they're worrying about. That's all they need to be focusing about. And it's going to be it's going to be a challenge as they're playing Nebraska. As we know, when Northwestern and Nebraska get together, it's normally going to be a stressful game. So we'll see how it all shakes out and goes. But Nebraska, they had a week off last week because they were supposed to play Wisconsin, but Wisconsin had all the COVID tests. So that game got postponed. They tried to get a game against an FCS foe. That fell through, so they got a week, a little bit more time to prepare, and that was kind of a hot topic between Scott Frost and Pat Fitzgerald on if it's an advantage for Nebraska to have that extra week and not playing a week before facing Northwestern. I think it's a big advantage for Nebraska. You know, they had a week off to rest up. They obviously had a chance to watch us play. Um, you know, we were in a four quarter war, uh, you know, in, in a really physical game. And so you could just see the whole program here. We, we got to get, we got to get recovered. Um, and, uh, that's, that's the whole staff too, not only our players. So, yeah, I think it's a huge advantage for them. Um, I know they would much rather have played last week and I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think that that's uh, hidden in any way, shape or form. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's a fluid situation for all of us and, um, you know, we, we've got to worry about our our recovery and uh, we, we've got to get ourselves rested up before, you know, again, late night Saturday, quick quick turnaround, you know, with an 11 o'clock game on Saturday. So Fitz thinks it's a big time advantage for Nebraska to have that extra week. And that's, that's kind of, that was kind of my view. They don't have to play that game and Northwestern had to play a game. They got a couple extra days um, to prep and get that install in. So... I would see why Fitz is saying that, but Scott Frost in his press conference, apparently it was very quick in reporting. Maybe there's some Nebraska people in the Fitzgerald press conference, but one of the questions Scott Frost was asked was, Pat Fitzgerald thinks this is a big advantage for you guys to not play before us. And he says, I have to disagree with him there. 
Uh, he didn't really have much to say. He's like, I disagree with them. He's like, Pat Fitzgerald's one of the smartest guys in the country, but I'm going to disagree with him there. He said we would have rather have played. But on the Wildcat Report, they talked with HuskersOnline.com writer Sean Callahan. And Louis Vicaire asked them, he's like, Fitz thinks that this is a huge advantage for them to not play. And Callahan said that he personally believed Nebraska would have been better off playing. They're such a young team, he said, that they need more reps. And he said the only real advantage is they got to jump on Northwestern with Friday, Saturday install practices. But with mandatory days off on Tuesday for election day, they really only had one more day of prep. And Northwestern had to flip their schedule because they had Tuesday off as well. They actually practiced Sunday. They moved their Monday to Sunday and their Tuesday to Monday. Took Monday off for election day. And then they're back at it on Wednesday. So just flip-flopping there. So I guess Nebraska only has one more day week or excuse me one more day of install over Northwestern which I mean you could take that as an advantage or not I still think it's an advantage they got to rest but it is it is an interesting debate if they uh if they think that's an advantage I mean Northwestern's obviously going to say it's an advantage Nebraska's going to deflect it I mean it does make sense they just got started and had to stop and their schedule has been in flux they might have been playing uh Wisconsin then they were trying to play a game against uh Tennessee Chattanooga so I guess there's two or three different opponents they are trying to game plan for in a couple days span. So this is a young team, Nebraska. It's a very talented team. That's what Fitz said. This is one of the most talented teams they're going to face. Scott Frost, in year three, he's got two of his recruiting classes there, and he's done well recruiting there so far. So there's going to be some talent on the field. If you guys remember J.D. Spellman, he was one of their big-time receivers. He's had big games against Northwestern in the past. He transferred to TCU in the offseason. So it's really going to be about trying to figure out who's going to replace him for Nebraska. But in the week one, they played Ohio state and they lost 52 to 17, but they, they kept it a game in that first half. They're down 24 to 14 at halftime. They're actually tied 14 to 14 with them at one point. So this, this team looked a lot better than they did last year when they really struggled and on offense, they look better. I mean, Adrian Martinez is a guy that they people thought would be a Heisman candidate a couple years ago, and he hasn't really panned out like that, but he had a solid game, 12 of 15 for 105 yards. He struggled with accuracy last year. He only threw 15 times, but another wrinkle they've added, they have another quarterback named Luke McCaffrey. Yes, he is Christian McCaffrey's younger brother. He's also a quarterback. He They actually kind of had a QB competition in Nebraska camp this offseason that Martinez was able to win, but Luke McCaffrey's such a good athlete that they use him as like kind of how we saw Northwestern use Kane Coulter, how the Saints use Taysom Hill. He's out there a lot. He threw for five times. He completed four passes for 55 yards. He had nine carries for 80 yards, and he had one reception for five yards. So he was in the box score all over the place. They were using him, both quarterbacks at the same time. So that's something Northwestern is going to have to be very disciplined in is making sure that they know where he is at all times and knowing that he can throw. And that's just another wrinkle that Scott Frost has thrown into his offense. But the big playmaker for Nebraska is Wandale Robinson. And if his name sounds familiar, when I was looking at the Nebraska stuff, that's because he had a big-time game last year in the 13-10 loss Northwestern had to Nebraska on the road. He had seven catches for 123 yards, seven carries for 44 yards, and a touchdown. So he's kind of the guy that might step up into that J.D. Spellman roll and be their big playmaker on the outside. He had six catches for 49 yards against the Buckeyes. And 
he's the guy Northwestern's going to have to keep their eyes on, especially the secondary, especially if Greg Newsom can't play. It's going to be a big test for Rod Hurd to try to stop him along with Cam Ruiz and whoever else or wherever else they line up Robinson, but he's going to be one of those big guys that they have to look at. I mean, Nebraska ran the ball a lot, 36 times to 20 passes and their quarterbacks ran it for 21 times out of those 36. The running backs, Diedrich Mills and Ronald Topkins only had 15 carries between the two while Martinez had 13 for 85 and McCaffrey or McCaffrey had nine carries for 80 yards. So the quarterbacks had the bulk of the running there. So a lot of motion, a lot of movement on that offensive side. Northwestern's going to have to be very disciplined. That's something Scott Frost said. Their defense is stout, and they're very disciplined. So Northwestern's going to have to bring their A game on defense. And then on the on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, Nebraska is a defense that's really struggled the last couple of years. Again, giving up 52 points to Ohio State. But it's really hard to get a read on this Nebraska team because they've only played this one game, and you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt because they played Ohio State. That's a big-time disadvantage. I mean, we knew Ohio State. Ohio State's going to blow out a lot of teams in the Big Ten. We saw them do it last week against Penn State, and Penn State hasn't even looked that good to start the season. So it's really just a lot of unknowns, what adjustments Nebraska has made on the defensive side. I mean, a big, a big key or, like, really just a big, I guess disadvantage for Nebraska is they had two guys, two starting defensive backs, a safety and a corner are going to be out for the first week due to targeting rules. And that carries over from the first game. So they had the targeting in the second half. You get, if you get, if you get ejected for targeting in the second half, you have to sit out the first half of the next game. So the next game was going to be Wisconsin. Now it's Northwestern. It carries over. That's just how the rule is. So they're going to be down two starting Defensive backs, a safety, and a corner. And that could be a big advantage for Northwestern to try to exploit, especially in that first half. And um, Callahan was asked about this, and he thinks that's going to be a big part um, for Nebraska is to try to weather the storm without those two players in there. And they're one of their two best overall defenders, he said, on defense. And he said one of his keys to the game is how can the defense weather the storm against Northwestern in that first half without those two guys. So Northwestern's got to be taking shots down the field. I know they ran the ball 60 times last week. I think that's more due to the weather. Ramsey threw for a lot, threw a lot more in that first game against Maryland. It's been really nice weather this week, too. It's going to be like in the 60s, 70s, so just depending on how the wind is. So we could see Ramsey try to air it out, and I'd like to see what they can do. A big Thing to watch though for Saturday, Fitz was asked about this, but it's just Fitz being Fitz during the press conference. Riley Lee's he said after the game was day to day, he had some freak injury. He Fitz said on Thursday he thought he was fine. It flared up on Saturday. He was only out there for a little bit, and then he was out for the game. They ruled him out in that first quarter. I think there was a report on TV that Lee's was going to be out for the rest of the game. So they asked him about it. Greg Newsom and him Fitz just being Fitz said you'll find out when we release our inactive list on Saturday. So, will Riley Lee's play? Will he not? That means probably more Malik Washington, maybe Jensen Hooper-Price. Wayne Dennis got some playing time out there. And the thing is, I picked Jensen Hooper-Price to be my breakout player, but I also said I don't know what the wide receiver rotation will be for Northwestern this year. With Mick McCall, they used a lot. They, they used the two deep most of the time. They, they were rotating a lot of receivers out and mixing them up 
from what I've seen from Jakin, a lot of the receivers are still out there. The same ones, the starting ones. Malik Washington's gotten out there. He's really the only two deep guy to get out there. Haven't seen much of, much of Jensen Hooper-Price. Haven't seen much of Wayne Dennis Jr. Only in garbage time against Maryland. Wayne Dennis played a little bit against Iowa with Lee's out. But it'll be interesting to see who steps up in that place. But Northwestern's got to exploit that. Ramad Chakio Bowman, Kyrie McGowan, Malik Washington. they got to exploit those two guys being out and try to get up on Nebraska in that first half. And those guys are going to be coming in with fresh legs, probably motivated because they want to get back out there and they've missed that first half. So be a big key for Northwestern to get out to a big lead there and try to take advantage of what that is. So on defense, I mean, on offense, try and maybe we're going to see some more throwing. I mean, we'll see what Mike Bajakian has done in this week to game plan differently. And then defensively, I mean, it's going to, it seems like it's going to be a heavy rush attack, 220 yards, 5.8 yards of carry for Nebraska against Iowa or against Ohio state, excuse me. So they ran the ball pretty efficiently, but they just weren't able to get the job done against Ohio state. And they lost control of that game early in the second half, two turnovers, two fumbles. And Nebraska also was penalized 80 times or eight times, excuse me, for 90 yards. And that's what happens with a young team, and that's something Callahan mentioned, that Nebraska is going to have to not beat themselves. Northwestern, normally a very, uh, not a high-penalized team. They're very disciplined. That's something Fitch has done a really good job of, and they've looking like they've been doing that so far this year. So Northwestern's not going to beat themselves. Hopefully Nebraska, you're hoping Nebraska can do that, especially with a young team. I mean, getting thrown right into Big Ten football, no non-conference to get ready for it this year so they're getting thrown right into the fire so offense maybe air it out a little bit with those two guys out and then on defense just really being aware of who's in the game what they're doing with Luke McCaffrey really making sure they know their keys and where to go and what to cover and then making sure they know where Wand Hill Robinson is because that guy that guy's a game changer and he's going to be a test for this young secondary that has passed every test so far this season I mean just looking more into the game I mean I was saying this a little bit in the open or earlier Northwestern Nebraska, those games, those games that these games have been really crazy, really intense and really a lot of close games since North or Nebraska joined the big 10. I mean, Nebraska holds the all time series, like uh, eight wins to five. They played three times or four times before Nebraska joined the big 10 I mean, you look at it, it all started back in 2011 when Northwestern upset them when Nebraska was a top 10 team in the country. And since then, I mean, it's just been you look 28 to 25, 29 to 28, 27 to 24, 30 to 28, 31 to 24, 34 to 31, and 13 to 10 last year. Two of the last three games have gone to overtime. The last time they were here in Evanston, Northwestern, that was when they won the West in 2018 and it looked like they were going to lose this game in the fourth quarter, but they were able to get a drew Luckenbaugh field goal. And then they got a stop. And then Clayton Thorson led the, led the boys down for a 98 yard touchdown drive with no timeouts, two minutes left. And they were able to go down the field, score the touchdown and they're able to win the game. So that game was one of the most crazy games I've ever been to. These games are normally fun last year, really low scoring game. Both these teams were not that good last year. And it was a defensive struggle. 10 to 10, Nebraska was just able to get that field goal as time expired. And that was just another loss Northwestern had to swallow. But you look at a lot of these other games, the Hail Mary game, Nebraska, a lot of Northwestern fans 
look back at that game really upset when they let that Hail Mary go through back in 2013 in Nebraska at Lincoln. I mean, just a lot of tightly contested close games between these two teams. And it's been a, it's a, been a kind of a fun rivalry and a, kind of an underrated rivalry I've seen on Twitter between these two teams. And it should be another fun game this week. Uh, Northwestern, I mean, I feel like this is a game Northwestern should win. When you look at it on paper, you're just like, oh, Nebraska hasn't been that good. But like Fitz said, there's a lot of talent on this Nebraska team. And there's just a lot of young talent. So they just got to f- try to make sure that they're just ready, ready and disciplined. And this is a big game for Northwestern to try to, I mean, get to 3-0. and This would be huge for Northwestern to be able to get to 3-0 and and really take control of their destiny, especially with the way Wisconsin's been going with the COVID. The West is really wide open. I thought the West was going to be open anyways this year. And the Big Ten has just been crazy, just the way it's been going with Michigan State lose, or beating Michigan when they're three-touchdown underdog. And it's just... That's just how the Big Ten's been going. I mean, Indiana and Purdue and Northwestern are all 2-0 with Ohio State. It's just been a crazy start to the Big Ten. Illinois is 0-2. They went to a bowl game last year. Michigan State loses to Rutgers at home, but then goes on the road and beats Michigan. It's just so much, so much uncertainty. But this is a game Northwestern. They are at home, and we got the new offense. The defense has looked really good, and this is a game that they should take care of at home. They started out as a six and a half point favorite. As I'm looking now, they're a four point favorite at home. Something different. They were uh, a dog last week, but 11 a.m. at Ryan Field, Big Ten Network, and it's Northwestern Nebraska. It's gonna be a nail. It should be a nail biting game. That's at least what I'm expecting. Whenever Northwestern plays from Nebraska, it's always been a talking about their offense and how strong their offense is, and it just seems like it's like, how are they going to stop Martinez? He's so mobile. He can do this. He can do that. And sometimes just like, how are they going to stop Nebraska? But they've been able to do it. So credit to them. And they're going to need a good, strong defensive effort this Saturday. But I'm expecting this to be a high-scoring game. you got to take advantage of the two defensive backs being out, in my opinion, really throwing the ball and testing those guys coming in to fill in for the starters. And I think this is going to come down to, to, to line play. Both these teams like to run the football from what we've seen so far in this season. Who who can stop who and who can pave more holes for their guys. And this is going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, a tight one. I'm going 30-27, to 27, which for me is going to be which defense can get that stop at the end or get that critical turnover to really put the game away. But I want to hear your predictions Tweet me at JackHeinrich22. Or you can comment on Facebook where I post it there. I also want to know if you guys think that it's an advantage for Nebraska to not play the week before Northwestern. I think it I think it is an advantage they get to rest up and they get that extra day of install. But I want to hear what you think. Tweet me at JackHeinrich22 or comment on Facebook. JackHeinrich there. But I'm going 30-27. Want to hear your predictions. So I think the Cats are going to move to 3-0. And that would set up a big game against Purdue. And like I mentioned a little bit earlier, Purdue is not going to be playing this week. Wisconsin's got another game canceled. They're up to, uh, the last I heard, 28 cases. And the reason they're not playing and Illinois played, Illinois hasn't had any new positive cases, so that's really good to hear from 
our rivals down south, but they're still getting positive tests, so not a good, not good up there in Wisconsin. Hopefully they can get that turned around soon and get everybody healthy. It's kind of reminds you of the baseball scenarios with the Marlins and the Cardinals. Just teams just kept they just kept getting guys testing positive and didn't really know how to slow it down. But hopefully they can get back soon. And so that's gonna be a second straight week that an opponent will not play before they play Northwestern in a season where there's supposed to be no bye weeks. So that'll be back-to-back weeks. And Purdue knows, I think, a little bit more, knows earlier than Nebraska did. So they definitely have time to get more install in. And Rondale Moore hasn't played yet, so it's another week that he gets to rest and one less game for Rondale Moore to miss. But that now gets into... How many games is Wisconsin going to play? And really, when are they going to play again? If you follow me on Twitter, that was really the question I had is when it, when are they going to play again? Northwestern is scheduled to play them November 21st. So that's in two, two weeks from Saturday. So they're going to have to play Nebraska and Purdue who are not going to play the week before because they're supposed to play Wisconsin. Then Northwestern is supposed to play Wisconsin. So if they don't play Wisconsin, they're not going to make that game up. So that's the big contender in the West that Northwestern would miss out on. But if they do play, and this is something Stuart Mandel tweeted, if they do play and say Wisconsin wins and they play six games, they go 5-1, and one, and Northwestern only loses to Wisconsin, they go 7-1, and one, Wisconsin would go to the Big Ten championship game because they have the tiebreaker over Northwestern because they beat them head-to-head. Now, that's going to upset a lot of people in Evanston, including me. If you saw my tweet, I said that would piss me off because Northwestern would have been healthy enough. They avoided COVID, so they had to play all their season. But then the team that got COVID and then they don't play as many games, then they they get to go just because they want a game. I think it should be winning percentage based. Northwestern would have the higher winning percentage. But it just seems like if they have less games, I just think it's going to create some disconnect. And it's just going to be interesting to see how they figure that out. But the way to avoid that, Northwestern's got to take care of business if they play Wisconsin. But hopefully Wisconsin can get back soon. I mean... They got to they got to get back and just hopefully everybody can get healthy and it's just kind of scary to see it spread just like that so fast and it it was inevitable people were going to test positive but you're hoping to avoid an outbreak like that so hopefully they can get back to that soon. Some alumni news: Hunter Nicewander, Hunter the punter, is in the NFL. So he was in the XFL. He actually was the first one to kick off the new XFL. But the Cowboys have signed him, and now he's going to last week, and now he's going to be the starting punter for Dallas this week. So, Hunter the punter, if you're looking for something to do on Saturday, you could go cheer on our old friend, or on Sunday, excuse me, you could go cheer on our old friend, Hunter the punter, punting for the Dallas Cowboys. And with them being down to their third string quarterback, Ben DiNucci, who Northwestern beat in the bowl game against Pitt, he threw a couple interceptions in that game, but. They might punt a lot. I mean, their offense hasn't looked that good. So Hunter might get a lot of a lot of playing time if you want to go check out him this weekend. And then I kind of mentioned this earlier. Northwestern, Indiana, and Purdue are all 2-0 in the Big Ten for the first time ever. 2020 is weird, and it's continuing into this season. But that's all I got. Nebraska-Northwestern should be another fun one. I'm going 30-27. to 27. And tweet me if you think it's an advantage or not for Nebraska to not play the week before. Or Purdue, because Purdue's going to be like that as well. Tweet me that at JackHunter22 or comment on Facebook on that post. But that's all I got, 30-27. to I think Northwestern's going to pull it out. It should be another game, another good game between Nebraska and Northwestern. Just going to add on a little bit more stress on Saturday. 
with these two teams. It just seems like that's the way it's gone. But that's all I got for you guys. Thanks for tuning in. And hopefully next week I'm talking to you guys about the 3-0 Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats.